Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Sign up for the app today and get a bonus of up to $500. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang today, joined by Logan Reaver from CBS here in Las Vegas, a sports journalist for that channel. And we're going to get into all things happening with the Raiders right now down at their training facility with the Rams. Actually, I said that backwards. The Rams training facility is where the Raiders are in Los Angeles. And we're going to break down all that's happening there and their upcoming game here for the Raiders second preseason game. But first, want to remind everybody to hit subscribe wherever you're checking out the show. And also, we're brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download that app today. Just ahead of football season. Lots of great things happening with the app. So make sure to get in there and see what bets you might be able to lay down some cool futures on a rookie like Tyree Wilson coming back to practice there, Logan. Um, This is the first time that you've really got to see Tyree Wilson the Raiders number seven uh, pick here, uh, excuse me, number seven overall pick in the draft. What did you think about Tyree Wilson so far from the first impressions you've had of seeing him on the field? Well, he said he certainly didn't look like a seventh round pick. I will tell you that he, he, had, he, <laughs> yeah. had, he had the look of, of, of a guy that's big. And, you know, people were kind of um, we already knew that he was like very, very large, very long, but it really doesn't do it justice. Cause I think some guys look different, even in pads, like they, they fill out the uniform in a different kind of way. Like they just look jacked in it. And he is one of those guys, like he puts on the uniform and you're, and you go, did he get bigger? Like, did he get like just in size? So I think that the size and the athleticism is very glaring. There were a lot of moments in kind of the two stints, because keep in mind, he, he really wasn't out there for anything besides just, the stretching and the warmups themselves. Like he didn't really go in any team activities, even any of the one-on-ones. He was essentially just there um, for just kind of to work with some of the coaches. And then basically that was his whole day, at least from these two. So they're slowly working him back. But uh, even in the times that he was working with the coaches uh, on the sled, there was even just, you could tell that the hand placement, the pad level, the things like that were, were constantly under discussion because this is a guy as good as he was at Texas Tech, uh, he still has a lot to learn about, about the actual game of football. And I think it's going to take a decent amount of time for those fundamentals to kind of kick in. Uh, but one of the coolest moments, at, at least today, was Max Crosby kind of taking him to the side and for at least 10 yeah. minutes working with him one-on-one, step-by-step j- step too. It's not just, hey, you want to do this when you go to your spin move or you know when you're bull rush or do that. It, it was literally step-by-step step in the exact moment to do that. And I think it was a really cool thing to witness um, because it gives you insight, not just, just into how much of a sponge Tyree is trying to be, but just really the character of Max and how badly he wants to win. Because in a lot of ways, he, he's giving the, the tricks of his trade, uh, you know, to this young kid. And it truly goes to show that he wants uh, him to succeed. And that is one heck of a guy to kind of be able to say that you are under his wing in terms of learning, not just about the NFL, but being a defensive end and having success. And, and it showed uh, in these couple of days, because the defensive line was was obviously the best part um, and they were winning every single play. Yeah, you mentioned some of the fundamentals, you know, that were in need of some 
polishing for the NFL level. And one of the things I noticed from watching the various videos that were out there of him in the position drills was that Tyree Wilson for a guy with like the longest arms I've ever heard of in the NFL isn't <laughs> touching the ground. And I'm wondering, is that part of like maybe what we saw at a Chandler Jones where you're dropping back into coverage or is that more of a just, Hey, we're going soft through these drills come out let me see your burst and go after the tackle post. What kind of interpretation did you have of him not putting his hand down or was it just fundamentals? Um, I think it could be a little bit of both. I would more so lean towards the latter because I think it was, it was very fresh for him out there. I mean, we, we barely saw him for what felt like maybe five or 10 minutes doing actual drills between the two days combined. Um, So you have to consider that. And I think in a lot of ways is that these, He's he hasn't been out there a lot, which means that he hasn't been able to I'm sure behind closed doors. He's obviously working with guys, but he hasn't been out on the practice field to work with these coaches a lot. So he's kind of behind the eight ball in that sense. And I think that's why that we were looking to see him out there uh, and finally getting the chance to see him is so he could start working towards that, because in a lot of ways, some of these guys have had this offseason program and even the veterans. But as a rookie, let alone like it's going to take some more time to get along with that. Um, And I think that just how slowly they are integrating him uh, back out there is very telling. Um, So I don't think that there's anything necessarily to worry about, but are some of his fundamentals maybe a little bit, uh, you know, flawed? Of course they are. And because it's just, it's all a part of the process. And especially this early on getting back, you, you don't expect what you see from him right now to be remotely what it is. Hopefully when we get closer to week one, when Josh McDaniels is uh, kind of more so uh, set on him being a little bit closer to hundred percent, because I, I don't think he looked hundred percent out there, even though he was cleared off the PUP list. Yeah. That's another question there for you, because there are a lot of guys that have not traveled with the team. I'm seeing consistently some of the same names on the list that haven't appeared like Chandler Jones, like, um, Dylan Parham, the guard. So I'm wondering when you look at uh, overall, how many of the guys that have come back, like Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Michael Mayer, that I saw were at practice today. What have you made of just how those three guys who are very key to the offense have mm-hmm. looked since, like especially uh, Hunter, since having been off the field for a, a bit of time? I think Hunter's is 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 the most glaring, and that's nothing against the other two guys. Because I think Devonte, you almost take his greatness for granted because he had another, uh, you know, great day today, and it's just it's so consistent that they go to him and he makes these jaw dropping plays. Um, and he did it a lot, and even had a, he was really good in two minute drill as well. Um, and sometimes it's not just the the deep plays, but it's just they have a lot of guys on this team that can move the chains constantly. And that's between Hunter, Jacoby and Devontae. So Devontae has been great. But I think that just seeing the difference in Hunter from last year from a, a quickness standpoint is probably the most glaring part because, you know, he's beating some of these cornerbacks, especially from the Rams. Like he wasn't just beating them off the line like he's after creating separation. He's three, four, sometimes like maybe even five yards apart from them catching the ball. Like he was legit ankle breaking out there. So that is kind of the Hunter Renfro that a lot of people are used to seeing. And I think that when you have a year like he did last year, getting back to that kind of does surprise some people because obviously people have such short memories to go along with it. So seeing him get back to that form, we've seen it before. Um, But to see it after kind of the, the, entirety of what the offense put out there last year and the expectations that went with it it was just really nice to see that part I think Michael Mayer wise I think that we maybe have a little too much expect expectations for him 
I had um, very high expectations offense. for him. <laughs> yes, no, and, and rightfully so, but at least yeah. from a, a pass catching standpoint, because you're seeing a lot more Austin Hooper from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that they're trying to work him back in at this point, but I think in a, when he was drafted, people go, okay, here's a guy that's maybe could be in the red zone and nearing, you know, seven, eight touchdowns this season. I think we might need to lower it from there. Part of it's because of the injury. And then part of it's because this McDaniels offense is not easy to pick up. And in a lot of ways, the guys that you've seen them bring on have been guys that have been familiar with the system in the past. And that is not accidental. Obviously, Josh McDaniels knows what he's doing with that. Even a Hunter Renfro last year, you know, he talked about the system and how much it takes to sort of learn. And now you're seeing year two and he's out there absolutely flying around the place. So some of it is just being new to the system. Some of it's being new to the NFL. Um, but I would say maybe just pump the brakes a little bit. It would be great if he overexceeded. Um, but based off these two days, there was not a lot of Michael Mayer sightings. And part of that is because he was working his way back. Um, and then part of it is just, you know, the speed of the game. And I think it's going to take him a minute uh, to adapt to that because there is a lot of physical freaks out there. And he was the definition of one when he was in college. Um, but it might take a minute to to get to that level here in the pros. You say physical freak first name that comes to my mind, Aaron Donald back at practice. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's a freak's freak. He was a freak's freak out there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Breakdown. I mean, you tweeted about a bit of a scuffle today between Aaron Donald and Natane Mute, who's been filling in for Dylan Parham in his absence in these joint practices at guard. What happened there? Uh, it was just as simple as, well, because here's the thing too, is that it feels like every time Aaron Donald has a joint practice in some way, <laughs> there's going to be, there's going to be something that comes from it. So I feel like he was kind of just checking the box. Like he was like, cause it was immediate. It was within like the first or second drill that it happened. So it felt like he got a clipboard and goes, all right, well, started a fight with the Raiders. I can check that one off the old uh, bucket list of teams to start with joint practices. Uh, no, uh, I think that in, it, it was kind of going back and forth with Mute and, uh, at least some of the reps after the fact too, because I actually was relatively impressed with the Raiders O-line. It wasn't perfect as just going strictly to one-on-one drills, but uh, they kind of held their own. And even Jimmy G after the practice says that they had a plan uh, for Aaron Donald. And I didn't really see him much show up on this day at all. Um, And I know he wasn't out there for day one, but specifically when it comes to that incident, I think it was just truly uh, that was Donald getting the best of Mute on that play. Um, and I think that he didn't like the severity in which he got the best of him, uh, that being from Mute's angle. So I think that emotions were boiling over for two days very mm-hmm. much with these two. Um, and so it, it kind of felt like in baseball, you know, when a guy uh, hits one of your batters and it's like the third game of a road trip. Yeah. And you don't you don't play them again <laughs> for another month, but the very first pitch oh, the next God. time you play them, it kind of felt like that uh, in this instance. So uh, th- it was funny because there was even a moment between Max Crosby and Cam Akers uh, were yes. going back to yesterday's ordeal. But there was kind of a more of a feel good moment where Akers kind of bullied into him more in a playful way um, after one of the rushes. And Max kind of gave him a slap on the butt to kind of just be like, all right, we're turning the page sort of deal. So uh, it was lighthearted. And I think a lot of the guys, there was a lot of hugs after the fact. And I think there's a lot of respect between these two teams because Josh McDaniels uh, was talking about that a lot with Sean McVay going back and how they're good friends even more than just opposing head coaches. So I think there's a lot of respect between these two groups, despite all of the fights uh, from these joints. It's funny. There's two things that happened in the 
all what you just broke down. When I hear the respect and I'm word and I'm watching an actual fight like boxing or MMA, the first yeah. thing I think is it's a boring fight that they're not going to actually throw blows like really hard at each other because they respect each other too much. And the second thing is that when I'm thinking about fights and I'm not there at the Rams facility and I missed it, I feel like Tackleberry from Police Academy. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I'm Tackleberry and I miss gunfire. So let's... <laughs> That should be the name of the show. That should be the name of the show. Banging my head into the (laughs) hood of the car. Let's take a quick break, Logan. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the Raiders' second upcoming preseason game at the Rams, Saturday, 6 p.m. kickoff on local time, here with Heidi Fang and Logan Reaver. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Welcome back to the Takeaways podcast here for Vegas Nation. I'm Heidi Fang, joined with Logan Reaver from CBS in Las Vegas. And Logan, out at the practices and having seen all that you've seen, what was your biggest takeaway from the joint practices with the Rams so far from the two that you've been able to see as we speak here on a Thursday afternoon? Uh, I would say just the way that it's trending. And I think a, a really big part because I think a lot of us always look for the deeper meaning behind some of these practices. And sometimes it's not necessarily the product you put out there. It's sometimes the response, like the multiple guys on the Raiders defense were not pleased, not necessarily with the the product on day one, but really the effort. And I, I think that that's a big tell because this team in the past, not that they haven't had accountability, but to be one day in a joint practice and say, Hey, that's not the standard. I think kind of says a lot about this group. And they came out here on day two and the energy was there. There were definitely moments where Matt Stafford was making some throws because he looks like he's a guy that can, you know, contend and maybe get back to another Super Bowl. He was uh, fantastic during the course of these two days, but his pocket was collapsing every two seconds. Like there's a play that very much stands out in my mind so distinctly. And I want to say it was the first or second play overall of team drills. And it was Max Crosby uh, making a move inside and just getting in the face of, of Matt Stafford, not talking, but I mean, just literally standing there in front of him because it qualifies as a sack. And you could tell he took a moment after to be like, I'm here. And not that we needed to know he's here because he had been here all of the day before and all of that day. But that kind of set the tone in a lot of ways uh, for the dominance that the defensive line would have for the rest of the day. So I had my sack counter for for Max, at least at three, because obviously you can't hit the quarterback in any of these uh, joint practices. But he was in there time and time again, and it wasn't just him. It was just the, the other edge as well. Um, so I think that that was the biggest thing because the best moments the Raiders had last season is when not just Max, but the entire defensive line um, was able to get home. And, and they were doing it consistently with this. When it comes to the offense, the biggest takeaway is that Jimmy G has been the best version of himself within the two-minute offense. Um, I think that he has been most in sync. And when he gets in a rhythm, he's a hard guy to stop. And some of the throws that he's making are some that a few guys in the league can do. And they're not necessarily the deep ball. Don't get me wrong. It's not about, it's not about, he can chuck it like Anthony Richardson, you know, like 70 yards or anything crazy like that, but he's fitting it into windows that only a select amount of guys can do. Um, And he was able to showing that off in the, in the two minute, one of the ones that was the most impressive 
maybe the most impressive that I've seen him. Uh, I would say the two most impressive times I've seen Jimmy have both been in the two minute and one is going back to last week, the end of the first day of joint practices with the Niners okay. where he finished four for four and on a diving ball for Austin Hooper between two defenders for a touchdown from about 20 yards. And then today's two minute drill where he went six for six and eventually led to a field goal, but there was about 120 on the clock that they set. So a lot of it was situational um, and trying to get a field goal in that spot. And I, I think that there's moments where there's a lot left to be desired. I think his deep ball has been rough at moments. There's been multiple times that he's tried to go to Devonte on the deep ball and it's just honestly not close. Um, but then there's moments where it's, it's short intermediate um, and it's pretty much as accurate as it gets. So I think that you're, we kind of know what Jimmy is at this point. Yeah. Um, but if he can put it together and just not turn the ball over as much as we had last season with this team, um, then I think it's going to be a different product. And sure, there might not be as many flashy plays within this offense, but that two-minute drill was not flashy, and it led to results. And I think that that's the thing that this offense can take away from these days. Uh, I would say in both cases, the offense and the defense, they're both building upwards, and I think that's the most positive thing to take away, especially when you go up against another team and not just yourself like they've been doing beforehand. Right. And as you mentioned, the Jimmy G accuracy, the precision, all that's happened, something I saw tweeted, don't know if you were able to witness it, was that he threw a 70 yard strike to Philip Dorsett yesterday. That yeah. brings to me, uh, or I don't know if it was on a short, like you mentioned, intermediate type throw, and then Dorsett took it the rest of the route <laughs> for 70. But when I, I think about just the wide receiver situation, a lot of the guys that are with the Raiders right now in camp. And I mean, through practices are just really making strides for themselves, really making names for themselves, whether it's Jacoby Myers, whether it's Hunter Renfro, as we mentioned earlier, whether it's even Trey Tucker, to me, that brings up a very interesting scenario when this team has to start cutting <laughs> with the wide receiver group. Obviously, you have to make some changes. And right now, as you see it, is there going to be a big competition to make this roster between some of the guys that have already showed out and proved that they can be capable of making some of these big plays? Yeah, I mean, and going back to that Dorsett play, um, and the reason it was complete, Dorsett, it, it was a great schemed play more than anything else because Dorsett did not have a defender within at least seven, maybe 10 yards. Like, he was wide, wide open. And the throw actually traveling in the air was probably about 30, 35 um, so it was it, it was really easy for Jimmy G. Um, and and from that standpoint, it was still uh, Dorsett's a guy that can fly, and at moments he's had really good parts of camp, and then it's kind of been the story of his entire career where he has catch problems. Um, that's rang true within these joint practices. It was the same thing last week. He's had really good moments, and then sometimes he just takes his eye off the ball and will have two or three drops in a day. So it goes all over the place. Um, as for the rest of the receiver group. You know, I think that it's you'd say that there would try to be a competition, but, you know, they'll probably carry six receivers, in my opinion. Um, and I think that that's adequate with how much just talent they have on that side mm -hmm. of the ball. Um, and obviously a guy like Trey Tucker, you were referencing before, he's had good moments. He's someone that can fly like. Uh, but he was hard on himself because we got to talk to him today. He was hard on himself for those two drops that he had in the game against San Francisco, one of which was one of uh, probably has to be the best throw of Aiden O'Connell's life up until this point, um, just absolutely dropping it in the bucket uh, on that play. So there's there's room to improve. But 
in terms of there's a great mix of young guys and then the veterans that have a lot in the tank. And I think that from a receiver room, that's what you look for. But but competition wise, I, I kind of feel like it's solidified uh, with the ones that they have. Obviously, a guy like Christian Wilkerson is a guy that's on the outside looking in. Um, but everywhere else is that you, you have to keep, obviously, a, a Trey Tucker. And I think that his role will be the, the biggest question mark of this camp because you're seeing a lot of sets where I think that we didn't know if it would be Jacoby and Hunter Renfro out on the field at the same time for this offense, but they've been running a lot of that. And that was shown within that two minute, because those were the two guys leading them down the field the most. Um, So they're going to go to those guys in a lot of critical situational uh, moments when it comes to this team. Um, And then everywhere else, I think you're looking for a role player and a splash player. And hopefully that can be somewhere where Trey Tucker comes in because his biggest plays um, have been on the deep ball and, and just very much a, a, a big bang type of effect that he has um, but in terms of moving the sticks, I, I think that he's going to be able to develop a little bit behind the amount of receivers that they have right now. As we look ahead to this week, uh, preseason, a second game for the Raiders, uh, against the Rams in Inglewood, I wanted to ask just your take on Aiden O'Connell. I think I've seen a lot of poise out of him. I see the cerebral mm-hmm. end of him and why he was a sought after candidate to be a quarterback for the Raiders. What? is it that you think has made Aiden O'Connell such a well-developed quarterback from what we saw in the first game against the 49ers mm-hmm. is kind of just looking like he's comfortable in there. And that's, I think to me, a little odd for a first outing that it was near yeah. flawless. Yeah. Let's be honest. We're all surprised. We're nope. I don't think <laughs> any of us let's like, let's be, let's be honest here. Like, let's be frank. Like, I don't think any of us saw this coming uh, from his demeanor standpoint. And it's nothing against, I think it was just what maybe he was asked to do more so. And I think a lot of it is, and I was saying this to uh, to somebody after the game, is that it, it felt a lot like Jarrett Stidham at the end of last year. And I honestly give a lot of credit probably to this Josh McDaniels system because they've always been good at, at molding quarterbacks. And that goes back even to the New England days where, it wasn't just a, a Jimmy G before that, but a Jacoby Brissett turned into a pretty representable quarterback in this league. And he was drafted in a pretty similar spot. If I have that right, uh, then an Aiden O'Connell. So I, I think that McDaniels has always been good at developing a type of quarterback. And I know it's very early on with that, uh, but between the mix of, of his confidence, which I think is the most surprising thing, we did not expect him to go out there and be like calm, cool and collected in the pocket and just sort of, stand back there with that sort of ease to the game. You know, a lot of guys, they get out there for the first time and and the bullets are flying and the game is too quick. And, and it just felt like Aiden saw it slow down a little bit more. Now, it's just one game. Uh, I thought he had a really good day today, but it definitely came with its uh, with its hiccups. Like he threw two, two of the best balls that I've seen from him so far in camp, back-to-back, right on the sideline. Um, one to Keelan Cole, and I, I believe the other one to Wilkerson, if I have that right. And then shortly after, he had an intentional grounding from inside the pocket where he threw it away in just kind of a brain lapse play. Um, yeah. And then there was a couple of moments where he was just holding on to it too long. So it's definitely not all perfect with him. And these are things that most rookie quarterbacks encounter is that they will hold on to and just quickly. And the biggest thing is that he was getting the ball out quick in that game specifically. So if yeah. he can keep trending that way, um, that's going to be a really encouraging sign. But I just give him, if he can spend not just, if he can spend multiple years in the Josh McDaniel system, I have a lot more faith of what it could be because I think Josh McDaniels is a really good offensive coach. And I think that he's really good at molding guys. And if you give him the chance to do that, 
nine times out of 10, he will make a representative quarterback out of the NFL like he's done on multiple occasions. Sure, he started with Tom Brady, so that's a pretty fair <laughs> bar to set, but he's done it with other guys as well. Have they been yeah. world leaders? Probably not, but they're guys, you know how hard it is to play quarterback in this league. And if you can have a, a guy go out there and be a starter and win more games than he doesn't, you know, that's really hard to do and to do time and time again. So uh, if you give him a, a good chunk of time in the system and in this league, mm-hmm. I would feel better about where Aiden O'Connell will be down the line um, than even he is right now. But he's he showed a lot more signs of promise than I think any of us possibly could have anticipated when he was yeah. drafted. 100%. The last question, Logan, just what are you looking forward to? What are you going to have your eye on as the Rams and the Raiders face each other on Saturday? Um, I'm still looking, I would say, probably at just the way that these young Vegas cornerbacks and DBs play. I think that that's the biggest thing because there were moments where, and it's tough to it's tough to judge in these joint practices because you can't hit the quarterback. So there's some plays that would be sacks. And then there's some plays where, you know, you're like, this play is taking too long. Of course, anybody can't cover that long. So in a game situation, you take all of that element out of it. And I think that Jacorian Bennett's been really good up until this point. Um, and I think that there's a lot of chances for for growth within this group um, because it is still, there's a mix of young and old, like I've talked about with different positions on this team. But um, I think there's going to be growing pains with these guys too. So as, as much as I am very much uh, all aboard the hype train of some of these young guys is that, I think that there's going to be moments where they struggle. And I'm very curious to see um, if Saturday night is any of them because they might not be Cooper cup or anybody out there, but you know, going up against guys in this league um, can sometimes be tricky. And I really liked what I saw from them against San Francisco, but it's stringing it together. And I think the biggest uh, knock for this defense, especially the secondary has been consistency, not just over the, uh, the, the weeks we're talking about the years now going back. So I'm definitely looking at the DBs, um, and seeing if they can produce a couple more takeaways, because even if they give up yards, if they can produce takeaways, I think that's going to be the most encouraging sign that you could see as a fan going into the year. And it could make up for a lot of the other, um, you know, gaps or just mistakes or flaws of this defense. Sometimes you can cover that up with takeaways. Um, and if the secondary truly does start to mold into that, um, you could see a very different team and obviously a very different record down the line. Well, I love all of this insight, Logan. You gave me eyes where I did not have them today. And I really appreciate again. A spiritual experience, yes. <laughs> I'm living vicariously through you as are most of our listeners. So I appreciate again all of the fantastic insights that you provided us here with today on the Vegas Nation Takeaways podcast. Give them a follow at Logan Reaver. That's not spelled like a reaver. That is a plunderer. Uh, it is R-E-E-V-E-R. So again, where were you in elementary time. school? for me where were you in elementary school i needed you back then i was busy doing my background research in logan and firefly because they both appear reavers um i'm one of those nerds that everybody knows i watch all these movies um thank you so much again logan i appreciate it everyone out there listening make sure to hit subscribe to all of our vegas nation shows and thank you again so much for tuning in Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Sign up for the app today and get a bonus of up to $500.